1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast.
1: Anyway, email, right? This one came in from Jason White. Uh, fellas. Are the 49ers proving the late Dr. Eager right about punting on the offensive line? Despite having an offensive line ranked 25th in salary cap, 28th in pass protection, the 49ers have one of the most efficient and productive passing games in the NFL. Do you have an explanation for how this is working? Cheers, Jason. So remember, this was a thing that we brought up a while ago. Late Dr. Eric Eager is really powering the show at this point. Um, He essentially made this argument that teams are better off dedicating not a lot of resources in the offensive line focusing on run blocking rather than pass protection and then running a scheme that works and putting all the resources into uh coach receivers scheme
0: not the offensive line um i think my answer to this would be i i don't agree with that take from eric i think i've said that recently i think eric and a lot of the other uh, analytics folks on the twitter sphere are really hooked on, and you're going to hear this. If you're in our little Twitter circle, here's what you're going to hear all throughout draft season. All about sack avoidance, right? Sacks for a QB stat, most important thing. That's like their new kick. Most important thing is avoiding sacks, which I agree. is like a very important thing. It's a very stable thing, and it's a projectable thing, right? Sam Howell wasn't great at it in college. He's not great in the NFL. Are you looking at the chat? Mm. Some funny stuff in the chat. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, I've been eating pans of thanksgiving leftovers for the, for 12 days yeah
1: multiple people were Pretty fascinated
0: by your uh, your
1: frankenstein pan of thanksgiving
0: food that's how you do it that's how you the, do it individually you it's a cookie sheet the you. black friday game is for now it's the cookie sheet game you throw all your food on the cookie sheet you heat it up and boom <laughs> eaten three o'clock black friday um so i so i disagree with eric's take so i think you're gonna hear a lot about just sack avoidance right i'm just Getting you ready, right? When people are evaluating Caleb Williams and Drake May and Michael Penix, they are going to be people who just list how well do they avoid sacks. This is like just ranking quarterbacks off that. That's like the hot topic right now. And then the theory behind that is, well, it doesn't matter. Your pass blocking is going to be dependent on the quarterback anyway, so you don't need good pass protectors. So I don't think that's what's happening in San Francisco. I think what's happening is I've what I've said throughout the years is that every team – needs to understand their schematic advantage if you have a schematic advantage you could take advantage of that in team building so the things we've highlighted in the past or if you have aaron donald you can have edge rushers come and go and maybe have 10 sack seasons and it's not because of the edge rusher it's because of the interior pressure that donald creates if you're the ravens yeah jadavian clowny's having a great year but the ravens were this aggressive blitz heavy defense that would create eight to ten sack seasons for their edge defenders and let them walk and keep picking up comp picks when it wasn't the player doing it, it was the scheme and the way they play. There are Those things exist. I think Cal Shanahan's offense is um, they kind of break – they can have production without great PFF grading, right? I think they've found that um, the way they run the ball, the way they exploit space, the way they get their guys into space, they can overcome bad run blocking. The the play calling, the storytelling that happens within the run blocking. So I think this is more of a Kyle Shanahan thing Hmm. and Niners schematic offense than a league-wide trend that you should neglect pass protection, look at run blocking. Um, I think the Niners can just overcome it. And also, I think Brock Purdy deserves credit for being able to do this. Because I think if Jimmy Garoppolo, they, they have not been this bad from a pass blocking standpoint with jimmy garoppolo i don't think he would handle this very well i think you do give brock purdy credit but i think
1: it is relevant specifically to this offense i mean the the top three quarterbacks in the nfl in yards per attempt all run the same offense like all those guys were in the same room two years ago um it's brock purdy and he's at like 9.4 or something crazy then it's tua 8.9 I think and then CJ Stroud at 8.4 right and those guys are all half a yard clear of any other quarterback in the NFL running the same system with their their coaches the relevant play callers literally in the same room two years ago this time Um, so I think those guys and you can see the effect each individual one is having none of those offensive lines are great right on paper heading into the year you're looking at that Houston offensive line you're like could be a rough one Meanwhile, like, San Francisco is running the worst line they've had in years. Doesn't make any difference because Purdy's great, because the scheme is great, because the receivers are great. Um, PFF Bobby and CJ Stroud have transformed that offensive line into not a problem. So when Titus Howard goes down hurt with an ACL for the year, you're like, yeah, it's a blow, but eh. It's probably not derailing anything, right? Miami, you're like, that offensive line still isn't any good on paper, and yet it's playing like one of the better offensive lines in the league because the scheme is so great. It I think specifically for that offense, it's probably a thing. Like, don't
0: put any resource into your offensive line. You don't need to. And that's there, and that might be their schematic advantage. Right. right? So the for the, other teams though probably doesn't hold. We're more than halfway through the NFL season, almost. That's what it tells me, though. That's what it tells me. Yeah. But DraftKings Sportsbook still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just five bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet on anything, five bucks. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener, every, uh, a sweetener offer every single game this October. You can get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code PFF. So you can go check out Monday Night Football tonight. You got Niners, you got the Vikings. You can go do it right now. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See Sorry, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So the Niners have had, um, they had early Kyle Shanahan had Trent Brown mm-hmm. at tackle and got a career year out of Trent Brown and let him walk and, you know, go to new England and get paid And Trent Brown's been a good player since then. It wasn't like it was just a Kyle Shanahan thing, but you, you kind of like resurrected a guy's career, right? Mike McGlinchey, they let him walk in the off season and the offense hasn't missed a beat with Colton there. and Colton mm -hmm. McKibbets again, doesn't look like he's not as good as Mike McGlinchey. He's just not right, but they're fine without him. So, but also McGlinchey looks a lot worse now that he's removed from the, cloistered environment of the 49ers offense he does and so to me I think it's so I don't I wouldn't use the Niners as this great example the other the other one I would bring up though is like the Bengals um so the it still could come back to bite the Niners once you play the Eagles this week once you play Dallas again you know if Dallas could ever figure it out against the Niners it could come back to bite in the playoffs the Bengals made the Super Bowl with one of the worst pass blocking lines in the NFL because they had receivers who got open quickly and Joe Burrow back there who could handle pressure and make big plays. But it did catch up at one point. It caught up in the Super Bowl, but you could still have a lot of success behind a bad pass blocking offensive line if you have receivers who get open. And I think to your point on the scheme, not only do the Niners and Shanahan and his people have open receivers better than everybody, um, they've got good blitz answers, right? That, so that mitigates pass blocking. So it, to me it goes back to the scheme rather than a – league-wide trend the one other thing i'll say is if you go back six or seven years and you say okay Dak prescott had immediate success and carson wentz had some pretty quick success in his first two years it was the opposite right i mean you you can't like they had great pass blocking offensive lines and they had a real estate in the pocket to move around where we see i mean bryce young is sitting here behind a terrible offensive line and can't do anything mm. Daniel Jones is when he's playing behind a terrible offensive line. Now Tommy DeVito can do it, but Daniel Jones can't. His whole development was, you know, trash because of the offensive line here. So
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's identified a connection between scheme and offensive line that is not I don't think you can then use that connection to make sweeping generality generality saying this means that you should issue offensive line in favor of X, Y, and Z because it's not applicable to every scheme. This means if you're like, if you go and hire Bobby as your head coach next year and that's the scheme you're running, maybe you don't need to invest in the offensive line as heavily as if you hired somebody else. Right. But it doesn't mean that every team should start sacking off the offensive line investment in favor of other things.
0: One one last thing. Er Eric has done good work through the years and some of the people he's worked with trying to quantify schemes. And if you've ever seen any of the graphics he's put up, it's like, who who are the most diverse schemes in the NFL? Right and there's 25 teams clustered in the middle and then there's like the shanahan's have their corner the ravens have their corner and then there's like one team that just doesn't do anything good they don't motion they don't run play action they're just in their own corner that's what's interesting to me right so even though do i i believe pff grades are the best evaluation of what's happening on the field the proper way to use them would be are there certain styles of play that can mitigate bad grades or as we've said with the Steelers, where guys can grade well, like Kenny Pickett can put up good grades and have bad stats, right? Those are stories that need to be told. And I think, I think that's what we're doing with the Shanahan scheme and disciples. We're mm-hmm. saying they can mitigate poor offensive line grading because they're so good at everything else. And uh, maybe you don't need to worry about the grades as much with those schemes. But that's because they're on the outlier. Uh, they're outliers schematically which does Which is rare in the NFL because most people are pretty homogenous. All
1: right, quick question from the Discord, the Discord question of the week. Uh, you can find the link to the Discord in the description of the show. Come join, come hang out. Uh, this one's from Philip. How do you grade throws quarterbacks make that could be turnovers but require a historic, never-been-done-before-in-history type of play from defenders for that to happen, i.e. Mahomes routinely spikes the ball. If Jalen Carter actually managed to intercept that pass, is it a turnover-worthy play?
0: No, it would not be. Um, we, it's almost like, yeah, you, you certainly wouldn't call it a turnover-worthy play. A turnover-worthy play is something where you can visibly see a bad decision or poor accuracy or something that we know is his, historically happens that puts the ball in harm's way. Um, a good, there are a lot of zero-graded or neutral-graded interceptions. An example of that is, you know, receiver runs a curl, cornerback jumps and tips it right breaks it up that pass historically falls incomplete 97 percent of the time it's just a a pass breakup it's a zero grade it didn't beat the coverage the defender makes a great play he tips it he's not he's not in between the receiver and the qb he tips it where that tip goes is just out of the qb's control and if it goes up and the safety makes a diving one-handed interception it's still a neutral grade for the quarterback if it falls incomplete, it's the same neutral grade for the quarterback. So, um, we look at the actual throw and the circumstances around it. And if a defender makes a great play, he gets the credit for that. Um, again, even though the EPA is bad for the uh, quarterback.
1: Mm. Yeah, the whole grading system is effectively about expectations, right? And expected plays based off you know an average random person in that an average random player in that situation, not an average random person. Um, so the expected outcome of a spike is an incomplete pass that stops the clock right the expected outcome is not Jalen Carter makes the, the play of the century dives through the center's legs and intercepts it you can't because that is like one of the greatest plays in NFL history it is not a reasonable expectation for the quarterback to stop that happening right so if it does happen the fact that that was completely not within the realm of expectation means that he doesn't get charged as a thing that he should have anticipated right it's not that every play that could possibly end up intercepted in any way shape or form is a turnover worthy play it is the plays that should reasonably be expected to end up in turnovers because they're thrown at a defender or they are so dangerous that there's a pretty good chance that gets picked off etc yep